1: The armor that you need when you feel like you're ready to give up. Next on Times of Refreshing. You're ready to give up. You feel defeated once again. And in your mind, you're thinking, there's just no way you can succeed. Well, that is when you need the helmet of salvation. Welcome to Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman from The Well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California. Today we're in Ephesians as we take a look at the helmet of salvation, what it is, how it helps, and encourages us, especially when we feel defeated or ready to give up. Taking a look at the helmet of salvation with today's broadcast of Times of Refreshing, now our teacher and pastor, Pastor Napoleon Kaufman.
0: Have you ever tried to give somebody a gift and they had this false humility? Here, I went, I bought this, I'm giving it to you. Oh, no, why did you do that? I I don't really know if I, oh, I'm just so unworthy. No, no, give me that. Praise the Lord. You know, I don't want any false, I'm not going to give you any false humility. You bless me, I'm blessed. Hallelujah. But this is what we do with God. We play around like God's gonna think we're more humble because we're, you know, maybe. But when it comes to your thought life, when it comes to the helmet of salvation, you have to be aggressive and receive what Jesus has died to give you because it is, now let me say this, it is a matter of your spiritual life or death. We've gotta get our thinking right. But let's take this a step further and really define what the helmet of salvation is because we know salvation. From a biblical standpoint, it means to deliver. It means safety. It means deliverance and and, and, uh, preservation from danger or destruction. And that primarily from enemies. So when he's saying the helmet of salvation, that which God gives us is going to help to deliver us from from safety, from a from from hardship, it's gonna to help to preserve us from danger and destruction, it's gonna to help to keep us from the enemy's attacks in our lives when it comes to our thinking. Every human being needs deliverance. Number one, we need to be delivered from the world, the world is gonna bombard our minds with thoughts that are contrary to the will of God. That's why we have to cast down imaginations. We have to cast down things. We have, to, we have to come out of agreement with certain things. When we see it on television, when we're listening on the radio, when we're listening to people, sometimes we even want to listen to people preach. When we're hearing stuff, we can't just receive everything that we hear. God wants to deliver us, keep us safe, get us to a safe place in our, in our thinking. And when it comes to the world, we have to make sure that we're listening with our antennas up. God delivers us from us. Our own selfish desires. He delivers us from our carnal nature. He delivers us from the things in which we want to do in our lives that could ultimately destroy our relationship with him. He wants to deliver us. From, from thoughts that, that take us down a road that ultimately get off, get us off on a path of destruction. He comes in, He wants to deliver us from our flesh. He wants to deliver us. For, for, so even in our mind, the Bible says to be spiritually minded is life and peace. To be carnal minded is death. Our thinking causes death. It causes us to go down a road of destruction. And number three, he wants to deliver us from the hand of the devil and his demons. He does this. The enemy wants to whisper in our ears, lie to us, confuse us. And so when he's saying the helmet of salvation, he's talking about getting freed from the world, from the devil from our flesh and maintaining a thought life that keeps us in the straight path with God so that we can constantly be overcomers. It doesn't mean that we won't still be in a fight. But now you got some protection. And so let's really define this this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And we're going to look at verses 1 on down to 8. Look what it says here in verse 1 of chapter 5. He says, But concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. And when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness so that this day should overtake you as a thief. He says, you are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. He says, therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be what? Sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. Mm, Isn't that the truth? Look at verse eight. He says, but let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love and as a helmet, the what hope of salvation. Underline it. So now what Apostle Paul does is he helps us to understand the depths of. Of what the helmet of salvation is truly all about. He says, as a helmet, the what? Hope of salvation. So, hope really is the essence of the helmet of salvation in our lives. One of the main ways it, that the enemy gets us to become discouraged, to give up, to quit to throw in the towel, to backslide, to go back to what we used to do, to to become a Christian that is just nominal, is he gets us to lose our hope. And if the enemy can rob you of your favorable, confident expectation concerning God's deliverance in your life in every area, then he's got you. And he will weaken us day in and day in and day in and day out by continually trying to convince us that what God said is not going to happen for us. And it could be in an area. It could be in your total life. But when it comes to the world, when it comes to our flesh, and when it comes to the devil the, the, and our freedom from those three areas, we have to realize That we have to maintain our hope in every area. And I say this because a lot of individuals, all of us, all of us, there's areas in our lives where God has delivered us. But then there's areas in our lives where God is still working on us. And if the enemy can get you to be be convinced that in this area of your life, God is not going to do it. And he causes us to lose hope of our salvation, our ultimate salvation, meaning the returning of Christ. And then the areas of our lives where we want God to work something out in us, then He gets us to quit. Ah, I know I came to Christ, but I'm struggling with alcoholism. I'm quitting. I can't I tried to stop. I can't. So God's just gonna have to love me this way. I, I just I and I love the Lord, but I, I just, I, I'm just, I, I can't do it. I know God wants me to stop smoking because I know I'm killing myself with this nicotine. Mm, I'm going to preach it now. Y'all know me. I don't, but I'm going to do it because I just can't stop. But listen, if the enemy can convince you that you can't and he robs you of your hope, that he will keep you and I stuck in the mire of a certain area of our life that causes us every time we try to go up where we can't go, we can't go where we want to go in God. Because the enemy is, he's caused us to think in this area you cannot overcome. So Apostle Paul stops and he says, you got to take it. And what he's basically saying is when it comes to the hope of your salvation, whether it's after you die, when the Lord returns in an area of your life, when it comes to your favorable, confident expectation, which is hope, you have to hold on to that. You cannot let that go. You've got to receive it readily. You've got to receive it on purpose, deliberately. You've got to receive it knowing that in this area of my life, I am going to come out of this. I am going to break free of this. And it may take me two years, but if we're going to break these chains in the name of Jesus Christ. Can I have an amen in here? This is what we've got to learn to do. But if he starts to rob us of our favorable, confident expectation and we start losing hope. Then what we do is, is we just become religious people. Who never really experienced the fullness of God's deliverance and liberty in our lives. But Jesus is trying to tell us through his word. And Apostle Paul is communicating to these individuals. He says it very clearly here. But let us who are of the day, verse 8, be sober. Putting on the breastplate of love and as a helmet, that hope of salvation. That I'm constantly hopeful some people by nature are just pessimistic and it's their nature to always doubt I don't know can I have an amen y'all I don't know maybe you know don't get so excited you sure are confident I don't know maybe we might be able to, and you get around them, and it's like, oh, man, we're going to go fishing, and, man, I'm believing we're going to catch two fish. Man, we're not going. We're going to have a good conversation, man. Never go fishing with faithless people. (laughs) Your conversations aren't even good. You know what I mean? We up here, We at least we believing we're going to catch something. Can we at least have a good time believing we're going to catch something? We out here, we, you talking about we're not even going to catch nothing. Why am I out here with you? At least we're going to catch a guppy or something. But, you know, but you get around some people, you know, and, you know, she's going to do my hair. It may not turn out right. Then why are you getting your hair done? Do it yourself. But it's always, you know, well, and you get around, By nature, some people are like this. And what happens, that spills over into their spiritual life. God wants to deliver me, but maybe he doesn't. But I'm still going to go to church and give my tithes and praise the Lord. But, you know, I'm still on the Internet. You know, and what happens to us is we get in this mode where, we're, where God is saying, will you take this? So that I can get your mind going. Hope is a defense mechanism. Hope is a, is, is, is a protective element that we have to learn to get working in our lives. When the enemy tries to shoot fiery darts of unbelief. God gives us the shield of faith, but then he also gives us a helmet of salvation, which is the hope of salvation. He said "Take me, the hope of salvation that man, I still believe God. I still believe I'm going to go down believing God. If it's going down, it's going down. But I believe God. And this is what I love about the Hebrew boys. When they threw them in the fire, they said, go ahead, throw us in the fire. And if God delivers us, fine. But you're going to know that I went down believing God. God is, can I have an amen? This is how it has to be. Throw me in there. And if I'm in there, then whatever, man. All I know is you're going to know that God is real and that we believe in God. But what we do is we allow our present circumstances to define to us really our belief system. Instead of stopping and putting our foot in the ground and saying, wait a minute, God is telling me to take this, to receive this, to put it on, to get it a part of my life. So I get out of pessimism and I get into to a healthy optimism, not foolishness. But my faith has caused me to believe God until God clearly shows me something different. And unfortunately for the body of Christ, when it comes to their personal life, listen, you do not have to be depressed for the rest of your life. I'm telling you that is a lie from the devil, and the devil is lying to your brain. I'm telling you that. That God will free you from that spirit of heaviness and put a garment of praise on you. And you'll start praising God right in the doctor's face as God brought you out of and delivered you. We've got to get this in our spirit. We've got to get this in our mind. That when it comes to the world, when it comes to our flesh, when it comes to the enemy, that we can overcome. You do not, listen, you do not have to lie for the rest of your life. You better break that generational curse and tell the devil I am a truth. I got truth in my inward parts. That God has taught me how to be truthful and I will be truthful. When it comes to your sexual life, let me say this to you. You don't have to lust after people. Jesus came and gave brought deliverance for lust, for perversion, for pornography, for all this stuff. You can be free in Jesus. Put that helmet on your head and start telling yourself and the devil that I can be free. And I'm going to be free. We've got to get this in our spirit because we painted a Christianity that is powerless. Powerless. And people are coming to church struggling with the same thing because they just haven't taken the helmet and put it on and said, God, I believe you to deliver me from every. This is a part of my salvation package. Can I have an amen that when it comes to my thoughts, that my thoughts are coming. I'm getting my thoughts in alignment with God. I'm hopeful now. I'm hopeful now. God, you said you're going to bless me with that job. I'm hopeful. I'm believing God. You're going to do it. You're going to do it. You're going to do it. Start telling yourself. And listen, let me me say this to you. And when you're telling yourself, the devil's listening. And you're telling him too. Start telling yourself, God's going to bless me. God's going to bless me. I'm going to be blessed. God's going to do it. Now, i got some things I need to clean up. I need to get my credit right. But God's going to bless me with that, too. I'm going to work on that, too. And I am going to. And what happens is we start talking to ourselves the right way. And we start saying what God is saying. And we start believing that if Jesus died to this and he's saying receive it, that I've got to learn how to become a receiver. I've got to learn to get my eyes on it, to start talking about it. Start discussing it. If you try to hide it, you'll never get free from it. He says, confess your false one to another that you may be healed. Sometimes people are struggling in an area of a life because they don't want to tell anybody about it and get it out. So God can work on it and get us free. What we do is, is we, we, we act like none of us are fighting in our mind with stuff. We're all fighting, but we're gonna win if we start doing what Jesus said. Can I have an amen, y'all? And I want to close this out by saying this. If there ever was a man who needed to understand this, it was Apostle Paul. He had to be convinced that he was saved, that he was being saved, and that he would be saved ultimately when Jesus cracks the sky. That, that he was saved, that he was being saved, that God was still working on him and processing him and detoxing him and getting him going, and that he would be saved. This man, we have to understand, sat there and watched Stephen. Be stoned to death. And when the people stoned, they they took their garments and they laid them at at Saul at that time, who later became apostle Paul's feet. And I can't imagine what he must have went through in his thought life. Watching this man, innocent man, mind you. Get stoned to death as he thought he was working for God. Apostle Paul thought he was doing this for God, and he's sitting there watching him. I don't know if he saw blood. And, and as these rocks hit his head and his hands and his fingers, the imagery that must have been left, as he sat there and watched this man get stoned to death. And I don't know if you've ever seen someone get stoned to death or get hit with rocks the gashes and the marks that it left as Apostle Paul sat there and he watched this man and the imagery that he felt that he saw. This man, Apostle Paul, would go to people's houses and he would go in and he would arrest these people, splitting up families, taking kids away, throwing these people into prison because they believed in Jesus Christ. And he, he did all this. He saw the pain. who almost bring me to tears. And the anguish of watching this pe- these people suffer as they went through there. And, and, he's, and he's a part of it. He's the one, the primary instigator. As he thinks he's working for God. And these people, and, and the imagery he must have had in his mind as he sat back now. And he's telling these people to put on the helmet of salvation. As he saw it, as Apostle Paul, as he sat with the Pharisees and the Sadducees and and deliberated and counseled and talked about how they were going to take the saints out and how they Put together their schemes, and or you go to this person's house, and you go to this house, and you go to that region. Get them, and when you get them, let them know that they, they, we're not having that around here. And, just, and then the conversations that he heard that were in his mind. And so when we consider what he's saying here, we have to realize that this writer can identify with any situation that you're going through in your thought life. And many people, many of us have been through some traumatic stuff in our life whether from what we've seen, from what we've heard, from what we've did or done. And sometimes the imagery is is hard to overcome. And you have to fight it. You have to rebuke it. You have to cast it down. You have to get back in your Bible. you got to get up, put on some worship music, and you've got to tell yourself that the devil is alive. That's who I used to be. That's what I used to do. That's what I was involved in, and I'm going to pick myself up. I'm going to get up off the ground, and I'm going to keep on believing God because God is going to break me through because i got the helmet of salvation on, and God is, can I have an amen in here? Somebody needs to get free today. Somebody gets to get liberated. Jesus died to put this helmet on your head. But saints, we got to step up. And we got to take it. Stop blaming the devil and your mama and your dad and your husband that left and your kids that get it on your nerves and the teachers and everybody and say, Lord, you died to give me this and I'm taking it today. I believe you. We sat around and we've told Christians that this is just going to be your life. And I'm saying Jesus said no. He said, take upon you the helmet of salvation. And when the enemy sits back with his darts, and he tries to shoot in your head, hope becomes a shield. Hope becomes a protective force around your head. And we start talking hopeful. Hopefully, we start speaking with hope, I should say. We start confessing with hope. And no, it hasn't happened yet, but it is going to happen because I'm going to continue to seek God and believe God to do this in my life. But man, you're struggling with this. I'm struggling. That means I'm still in the fight, baby. And I'm going to keep on believing God and God's going to sit, He's going to set me free in this area. It's the helmet of salvation.
1: Well, thank you for joining us for Times of Refreshing with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman. This program is the production of The Well Christian Community. And we pray today's broadcast has blessed you and has encouraged you in Christ. If it has, would you take a moment and let us know? There are several ways that you can contact us. First, by mail. The Well Christian Community. Address your envelope to 2333 Neeson Drive. That's here in Livermore. The zip code is 94551. You can also stop by our website, learn more about us, and drop us an email, thewellchurch.net. That's thewellchurch.net. And then, of course, by phone, 925-292-7800. That's 925-292-7800. As you visit our website, don't forget to look for the link to our Facebook page, And if you're on Facebook, simply search The Well Christian Community. You can even follow Pastor Napoleon on Twitter with the address at Napoleon Kaufman, all one word. Until next time, may Jesus Christ be highly exalted in your life, and may he bring you a peace that passes all understanding.